good morning. Good to see you this morning. We had uh, starting a little late. The uh, computer is temperamental. And I uh, appreciate you watching live stream if you're not aware uh, already. Uh, we are quarantining the church, so we're just doing live stream uh, for this morning. Uh, we won't be having services tonight or Wednesday night. And uh, we're going to get the church cleaned uh, uh, real good and uh, make sure that we don't have any problems or issues. So thank you for your patience uh, for um, all that we're trying to do. Try to, try to be safe, try to be as safe as you can. Lord, as we can with COVID. And so we uh, thank you for your patience. Thank you for your prayers. Uh, thank you for uh, praying for, for me and for the church. And thank you So let's open up in a word of prayer this morning. And then we're going to be in 2 Corinthians chapter number 8. 2 Corinthians this morning, chapter number 8. Heavenly Father, we love you. We do thank you for the opportunity that we have. To meet together this morning via live stream, and I pray uh, that you would uh, just bless each one that's listening this morning and watching. I pray that you would uh, just give us open ears and open hearts to, to receive what you have for us uh, this morning, Lord. And I pray uh, that uh, you would uh, get the honor and glory, Lord. And uh, thank you for your word. I pray that this morning your word would speak to our hearts. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. So we're in 2 Corinthians chapter number 8 uh, this morning. We started last week uh, talking about the subject of being a useful Christian. Being a useful Christian. And uh, we know that uh, the scripture says that we must be about our Father's business. And we need to get busy and um, uh, doing the things that God has called us to do uh, from his word. And so we we saw last week here in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, this uh, this letter that Paul writes to the church at Corinth. And he writes to the church at Corinth, correcting them for some of the issues or uh, problems that they were facing. And uh, he uses, uh, here in chapter number 8, he uses the churches of Macedonia uh, to give them an example of how things should be done, uh, how a church should be conducted, how Christians ought to be living their lives. And so we started looking at that last week there in the beginning part of 2 Corinthians chapter number 8. He says this in verse number 1, Moreover, brethren, we do you to wit of the grace of God bestowed on the churches of Macedonia, how that in great trial of affliction, the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abounded under the riches of their liberality. For their power, I bear record gain beyond their power. They were willing of themselves, praying us with much entreaty that we would receive the gift and take upon us the fellowship ministering to the saints. And this they did, not as we hoped, but first gave their own selves to the Lord and to us by the will of God. Insomuch that we desire Titus, as it had begun, so he would also finish in you the same grace also. And so we're talking about this, uh, uh, this mass, these Macedonian churches and how we should be uh, following the example of those that have left that example or testimony 
uh, behind me. If we're going to be a useful Christian, if we're going to be a Christian that counts, that makes a difference in uh, in our generation, uh, then we must pray. We talked about that last week and, and the importance of a, a vibrant prayer life, uh, the importance of uh, our communication with God. And we, we saw last week the need of uh, the need for prayer is alarming. More than ever before, we need to pray. God's people need to pray because of the laws, because of the sick, because of the battle that we're going, uh, that we're facing. Uh, not only uh, physical, but uh, Ephesians chapter six is a, a spiritual battle that's going on uh, that we can't see. And so, uh, the need for prayer is alarming. Uh, and then we talked about that the time for prayer is always. You know, the Bible says that we ought to pray without ceasing. It ought to be something that uh, uh, is something we're always ready uh, to do. Luke chapter 18 says this in verse number one, men ought, men ought always to pray and not to faint. And then the outcome of prayer is amazing. Uh, it's amazing to see what God can do and what God will do in uh, the life uh, of a believer life of church when we uh, when God's people pray. And example after example after example that we see in the word of God and, and uh, I love the example of Elijah and when he prayed fire fell from heaven. Why? Because uh, uh, when we pray things happen and so we're certainly thankful for that. First Samuel chapter 12 verse 23 says moreover as for me God forbid that I should sin against the Lord in ceasing to pray for you. That's a, that's a mouthful. It says, moreover, as for me, God forbid that I should sin against the Lord in ceasing to pray for you. So we see the importance of prayer uh, here in uh, the Word of God. And in verse number four, we looked at that last week. The second thing I want to look at this morning is not only uh, the importance of prayer, but the importance of performance. The importance of performance. Same text, 2 Corinthians chapter 8, look with me in verse number 11. Now therefore, perform the doing of it. That as there was a readiness to will, so there may be a performance also out of that which you have. A performance. You know, it's a it's an interesting thing that uh, many people feel like religion or Christianity or our lives are a, a private thing. But I want you to know our lives really an open book. Uh, people are watching us. People are are seeing us every day. When it comes to our family, when it comes to our coworkers, when it comes to our neighbors. When it comes to our brothers and sisters in Christ, people are watching. But I want you to know something more important than that. God is watching. God sees us. God sees where we go. God sees how we act and how we react. And God is paying attention to how we live our lives. So much so that the Bible speaks over and over and over again about how we should live our lives how we should be performing in our uh, daily tasks. Uh, our life's a performance uh, before others, but more importantly, before God. And so we've got to remember uh, that uh, it's not just about you 
It's not just about me. Other people are paying attention. We see in the Word of God, we see um, uh, the word testimony. That's what I'm talking about this morning, this testimony that we're living uh, before others for the Lord Jesus Christ. Some say, and you hear it often, well, you know, religion uh, is a private thing, and the way I live my life is nobody else's business. But that's not a biblical statement. And now, it may be true in certain uh, certain circumstances, uh, but uh, we need to we need to realize we need to come to this conclusion that our life's an open book. People are paying attention. People are watching our day uh, day by day lives. So what should we per- be performing? What what should we be doing? How should we be giving forth our testimony? First of all, this morning I want to talk about our words. I want to talk about our words. If you say uh, you're going to do something, then do it. I, I, for some reason, I don't, it's become a it's become a difficult thing in our world today uh, because we've got a world full of liars. We've got a world full of people that say one thing and do another. We've got people that promise one thing and never come through with their promises. But here's the, the bottom line from the Word of God. We just need to do what we say we're going to do. When we make a promise, we should at all costs fulfill that promise. Why? Because our words are important. People are not only watching, people are listening. They're paying attention to what we say. We are living amongst a generation of liars. Our word You've heard this before, right? Our words should be our bond. Our words should be our bond. We should, people should believe us because we have integrity, because we come through with what we say that we're going to do. And it's an absolute missing element in our in our society today, and, and that is integrity. Integrity. The Bible says it's better to not vow a vow than to vow a vow and break it. So we've got to be careful of what we say, and 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 when we vow uh, uh, vows or make promises. I love this in the book of Nehemiah, in the book of Nehemiah, chapter number five, and you see that uh, uh, people are ex- people are extorting money uh, from from other people and from the Jews, and and in verse number twelve, the scripture says this. Then said they, we will restore them. We'll, we'll give back. And Nehemiah was saying, look, you need to give, you need to give back what, uh, what you have extorted. And he said, they said, then they said, we will restore them and we will require nothing of them. So will we do as thou sayest. Then I called the priests and took an oath of them that they should do according to the promise. Also, I shook my lap and said, so God shake out every man from his house and from his labor that performeth not this promise. So you're you're promising this. Nehemiah is telling him, you're promising this. So what do you need to do? You need to come forth with this promise. If you don't come forth with this promise, God's going to notice and there's going to be judgment. Even thus, be he shaken out and emptied. And all the congregation said, amen, and praise the Lord. And the people did according to this promise. It's super important. We see it throughout the Word of God that if we're going to say we're going to do something, then we need to have enough integrity to do that which we 
say. So we need to perform. Uh, uh, we need to perform our words. So number two, we need to perform God's word. We need to perform God's word. In James chapter one and verse twenty-two, the Bible says that we don't just need to be hearers of the word, but we need to be doers of the word also. So we need to hear it, and certainly we need to internalize it. We see that in Psalm 119. We need to hide God's word in our heart so we don't sin against God. But then we need to get out there and be doers of the word. So God says that we need to do something that we just need to do. It. We need to accomplish that which God has called us to accomplish. It's real simple. I think God's made it real simple. And he made this statement too. If you love me, keep my commandments. If you love me, keep my commandments. It's real easy. We talk about how much we love God. We talk about how much, how much we love Jesus. We talk about how much we're good Christians. But listen, the Bible says if you love him, then you're going to do what he's called you to do. He's going to do what you command, he's commanded you to do. There should be nothing more important to us than obeying the voice of the Lord. There should be nothing more important to us than obeying the voice of the Lord. What God says goes. We don't have to vote on it. We don't have to discuss it. If God says it, then we need to do it. It's real simple. In 1 Samuel chapter 15, the Bible says, so, to obey is better than sacrifice, and to hearken than the fat of rams. What is he saying? He's saying, there's nothing more important. And you can bring your sacrifices, and you can bring your tithes, and you can bring your offerings, and you can bring all of your things to the storehouse. But I'm telling you what's more important than that. More important than that is to obey. Obedience is the very best way to show that you love God. When thinking of great men of God and great leaders of God, so many names come to mind, but at the top of the list has got to be Joshua. Joshua. He ranks among the elite of people that served the Lord. And his secret is found in Joshua chapter number one. In Joshua chapter number one, we um we see uh we see Joshua's secret to, to being a, an elite example, to being a good example uh for his Lord. Uh, look with me in, in verse number eight, Joshua chapter one and verse number eight. This book of the law shall not depart out of my mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. What, what, is the, what, is the, what was the point of Joshua? The point of Joshua was the book of the law. The point of Joshua was to do all that God had said. You see, we're either an all-in Christian or we're just a halfway Christian. I mean, what are we going to do? Where are we going to live? How are we going to live our lives? We need to live our lives all in for God. We must perform. We must perform our word, and we must perform God's word. Why? Because, number one, we will be remembered. I want you to know that you will be remembered. People are going to remember. Your family is going to remember you. Your friends are going to remember you. Your neighbors are going to remember you. Your church, church family is going to remember you. And here's the thing. They're going to remember both good and bad. Both good and bad. For some reason, 
by human nature, we want to remember the bad more than we want to remember the good. I don't, I don't know why that is, but I guess it's just human nature. But we're going to remember both good and bad. Luke chapter 17, in verse number 32, the scripture says, remember Lot's wife. Remember Lot's wife. I'm telling you, people are going to remember. They're paying attention. They are watching it. And they're going to remember. Your children are going to remember as you raise them up and, and the nurture and admonition of the Lord. And, and they have gone out and they've started their own families. Let me tell you, they're going to remember what mom and dad said. They're going to remember how mom and dad lived. They're going to remember the preacher and what he said. They're going to remember the Sunday school teachers, what he and she said in their lives. The songs that you've heard, you remember. Look, it's, it's natural. I mean, through the years, you've listened to different kinds of music. And if you're in a, in a store somewhere and a song comes on and you start tapping your tapping your foot and you remember that song. And you hadn't heard, you hadn't heard that song in, in forever. But yet you still remember because our, our, our minds uh, remember those things and, and we will be remembered. You remember things in the in the word of God. How many people remember you know David and Bathsheba? A negative thing, right? I mean, we remember, remember David and Bathsheba. Of course, we remember that he, he slew Goliath and, and that was a good thing, but we also remember that he uh, uh, committed adultery uh, with Bathsheba as well and ended up committing murder as well. When you think of Spurgeon, Charles Haddon Spurgeon, great to preacher of yesteryear. Boy, I tell you, I, I'm just a, one of my heroes of the faith. I love Spurgeon and the, and the thousands that were saved in his ministry and, and all that he did. But let me tell you, if you know anything about Spurgeon, you know that he struggled with depression. He struggled with gout. And, and you remember these things, and, and you read about these things, and you know about these things, and, and, and we've, got to, we've got to live our lives right. Why? Because one day we're going to be remembered. One day a, 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 a preacher is going to stand up uh, before your casket. You know, I'm trying to be morbid, but the Bible says it's appointed unto men who wants to die. And, and we're all going to face that one day. And, and what is that preacher going to say about you? Hopefully, we're going to leave things behind uh, that are good things that, that other people uh, might be able to uh, glean from those examples of, of our lives. So be careful. You will be remembered by somebody for something. You'll be remembered by somebody for something. Now, you may not be remembered by everybody, but people are going to remember you. I, I, I was watching something the other day, and it was, it was talking about... Um, it was, his guy was talking about his dad, and his dad had passed away. And he said, "I want you. I want everybody to know." He's on, he's on TV, and he said, "I want everybody to know my dad is my hero." There was a reason for that. I mean, there was a reason that his his dad was his hero, and he he left behind an example. If it was for nobody other than his son, what a great example he must have left for his son. So we're going to leave behind an example. We're going to leave behind. A, a testimony and let that testimony be good. Don't be remembered as a mean person. Don't be remembered as an angry person or a melancholy person. Don't be remembered as a hateful person or a lying person. 
is be remembered for the right things. Third John, in Third John, verse number 10, the Bible says, Wherefore, if I come, I will remember his deeds, which he doeth. I will remember his deeds, which he doeth. Your conduct in the present. Now get this. I want you to, 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 to get a hold of this. Your conduct in the present will determine how you remember the future. Your conduct in the present, how you live in your life now, is going to determine how you're remembered in the future. How people are going to remember you, how you lived your life, and how you conducted yourself. So, number one, we need to we need to perform because we will be remembered. Number two, we need to perform because we will be judged. We will be judged. You know, <clears throat> I love the fact, and I know you do too, that God is a God of grace. And God's a God of love. And God's a God of mercy. And God's a God of long-suffering. Aren't you glad for those traits? I know I am. I I'm so glad for those. I I'm glad for those because, listen, without them, we would not be saved. I want you to know this morning, if you're saved and you know Christ as your personal Savior, it's simply because God loves you and God has showered his grace down upon you so that you might be saved. You see, there's nothing I can do. There's nothing you can do to accomplish your salvation. You can't perform enough to be saved. Saved, being saved is simply by the grace of God. It's simply trusting and knowing Christ in your heart and your life for the forgiveness of your sins. And so thankful for the love of God. Why? Because the love of God is what sent Jesus to the cross. And Jesus died for you. And he died for me because he loves us. And he wants to see the relationship that has been broken by sin. He wants that relationship mended. And he wants us reconciled to God. And Jesus is that reconciliation. He is the propitiator. He is the one that has made the way. So thankful. I know you are as well. Thankful for the love of God. And I'm thankful for the grace of God. And not only the grace of, the grace of God in salvation, but the grace of God in everyday living. Oh, I'm thankful that God continues to shower his love. Continues to shower his grace upon us. And, uh, and we can experience that day by day. In our daily lives. So, but I want you to know that God is also a God of judgment. If you look throughout the word of God. You will see that God doesn't excuse sin. God doesn't excuse uh, uh, apathy. And, and he doesn't excuse laziness. God one day. One day we're going to stand before God. <clears throat> and simply put. Paul tells the church at Corinth just a few pages back in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse number, verse number 10. The Bible says this, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive the things done in his body according that he hath done, whether it be good or bad. Whether it be good or bad. So one day, now, of course, he's talking to the church. He's talking to believers. Now, one day, everybody's going to stand in the judgment. For the lost, that'll be the great white throne judgment. For the saved, that's going to be the bema seat or uh, uh, the, the judgment seat of Christ. And when we stand before the judgment seat of Christ, 
it won't be for our salvation. Okay? So at the judgment seat of Christ, salvation has already been settled. We already settled that. We received Christ into our hearts and lives for the forgiveness of our sins. And so when we stand before the judgment seat of Christ, we'll stand there because we're already saved. So it won't be a matter of, okay, you're, you're good, outweighed, you're bad, so you get into heaven. No, that's already settled. That's settled in Christ. So what is the judgment seat of Christ? The judgment seat of Christ has to do with our rewards and how we'll be rewarded in heaven. So the judgment seat of Christ will be happening as the tribulation period is happening on earth. And as we stand before God, we're going to give an answer for what we've done. Now, we won't be given excuses for what we haven't done. We're going to be giving an answer for what we have done, whether good or bad. You see, our life uh, somehow, and I don't know how God can do all these things, uh, but it'll be brought back before us and, and, and all these opportunities that we have. How we conducted our lives. In what attitude we conducted our lives. For what reason we conduct our life. We'll all be brought before us. And we'll be re rewarded accordingly. Now, again, this reward won't be a crown that we'll be able to, you know, march around heaven and say, hey, look at me. These will be rewards that we'll be able to lay back at the feet of Jesus. These will be rewards that we can say, in an essence, thank you, Lord, for what you've done for me. And so some will go in and hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Some will go in with many crowns and we're able to lay back at, at the feet of Jesus. But some will go in empty hands. What a tragic, what a tragic uh, uh, event that we don't have anything to lay back at, at the feet of Jesus. Now, mind you, you're saved, you're going into heaven, praise the Lord for that. You're not going to get a, a, a lack of heaven, but you will have a lack of rewards from how you performed, how you lived in this life. And we'll be without excuse. We have the word of God. We have the church. We have the spirit of God that lives inside of us. And so we will be without excuse when one day we stand before him in judgment. Listen, this, what does the scripture say? Judgment begins in the house of God. It begins in the house of God. And so we won't, we won't have an excuse one day, church. One day, we'll stand before God and give an answer of how we conducted our lives. Romans chapter 14. Romans chapter 14 and verse number, verse number 12. The scripture says, So then every one of us shall give an account of himself to God. Every one of us shall give an account of himself to God. It's kind of like being on uh, a mission, if you will, if you're in the, in the military. And you, you go on a mission, and you've got to know what you're doing. You've got to know what's going on. And sometimes you've got to take notes. Why? Because sooner or later, you've got to come back. And you've got to come back to uh, whoever the, the, the commander is over that person and, and give an account. And listen, this is what I found. This is what happened. This, is what, this, is, this was the goings on. And one day we're going to stand before God. Every one of us, every believer, every born again child of God is going to stand before God and we're going to give an account of, of our lives. And nothing's, no, 
No stone is going to be left unturned. God sees and he knows all things. So, so when do we start? We start now. I'm telling you, the important part of the whole thing is not what we did yesterday. Because you can't go back to yesterday. Yesterday is gone. Yesterday is over with. You can't get it back. You certainly can't go into tomorrow. It's not here yet. We gotta wait for we gotta wait for the time uh, to elapse for us to go into tomorrow. So what we have, we have right now. And so no matter what you did tomorrow, whatever to, or yesterday, whatever tomorrow holds, today is the day. That's why the scripture says now is the time. Today is the day of salvation. And if you're not saved and you don't know Christ as your Savior, stop putting it off. Stop procrastinating. Stop waiting. Why? Because we have no idea if we have tomorrow. All we know is we have right now. So we need to get busy. If you're not saved, you need to get saved. You need to trust Christ as your Savior. Jesus died for you on that cross. He, he paid your sin debt. Not his. He was without sin. He paid that sin debt. He was buried. And praise God, he rose again the third day. And the Bible says he's at the right hand of the Father interceding for you. And so if you're not saved, the reason you're not saved is because you, you haven't got saved. It's not God's fault. You need to place your faith and trust in Christ to, for the forgiveness of your sins and be born again. And if you are saved, and you know Christ is your Savior. Listen, church, we need to stop playing games. We're living, I believe, and I believe most of you that are watching uh, uh, believe that we're living in the last days. We're living in the last times. I don't know when Jesus is coming, but I'm telling you, it's coming is imminent. It can happen at any moment. So what must we do? We must get busy. We must get serious. This isn't a game that we play. This isn't the dice that we roll. This is a life that we're living day by day. And that life that we're living day by day ought to count for something. It ought to mean something. Your life with your family ought to mean something. Your life with the church ought to mean something. And our life for, for Christ, our life with Christ ought to mean something. I want to get to the end. I don't know when that is. It, it may be 30 years from now, it may be tomorrow. I don't know when the end is for me. I don't know when the end is for you. You don't know when the end is. But I know this, when I get there, I want to be able to say that I have no regrets. That I have no regrets. Now, have I made mistakes? Yes. Have I done things that I wish I hadn't have done? Yes. Have I not done things that I wish I had have done? Yes. We all are that, right? But aren't you glad those things are under the blood? Aren't you glad that God forgives us? And the Bible says if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I'm not going to live in the past. I'm not going to live in the yesterday. Those days are gone. So what am I going to do? I'm going to do my very best today. What is my very best? My very best is prayer. My very best is performance. And we need to perform daily for the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm sure. I'm sure. What does James say? What, are our, what is our life? Our life is but a vapor. It appears for a little time. Vanish away. It's gone. We don't, we don't get it back. No rewind button. This is it. So we must get busy 
Father, Father, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come to you today thanking you for the opportunity to preach your word. Thank you for the opportunity to read your word. Thank you, Lord, that you have given us your word that we might be changed, that we might be different, that we might be more. I pray, Lord, that you help us to be obedient. I pray that you help us to be people of integrity. And above all things, Lord, I pray that you help us to get busy praying, get busy performing. Because people are watching. We will one day be remembered. And one day there will be a judgment and we will give an answer, give an account for our lives lived. I pray this morning, if there's one that's watching this morning by live stream, that they have never in their lives, their life, have trusted you as their personal Savior. I pray this morning. I beseech them this morning. They put the cares of this world to the side. And be sure, be sure. That they know Jesus Christ as their Savior. It's not a game. It's not something that we should be playing around with. It's not something we cross our fingers or carry our lucky rabbit's foot about. It's something that we can know that we know that we know. Thank you for passages like 1 John chapter number 5, verse 13. It's not something we have to guess about, it's something that we can know. And I pray if there's one that doesn't know you as Savior, that this morning they would place their faith and trust in Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone for the forgiveness of their sins. I pray for those of us that are saved, that know you as our Savior, Lord. Thank you for saving us. And I pray that you help us more than ever before. We're living in uneasy times. We're living in unprecedented times. Living in difficult times. I pray that you help the church, each believer, to live their lives like this is the last day. To live their lives, to live our lives, that our lives might count for all eternity. We love you this morning and thank you for loving us. I pray that you give us a good week this week. Pray that you give us opportunities to serve you, and I pray that you will put a hedge of protection about us as we descend. Be with those that are not feeling well, Lord. Those that are healed, I pray that you will touch them. Pray that you will just bring them back to health, Lord. Be with those that, that are that are struggling with the loss of loved ones. I pray for your comfort, that you will grace to shower down upon them. Bless our church and our church family. Thank you for them, Lord. Thank you for the opportunity that I have to be your pastor. I pray that you would help us to be unified as a church in this dark day that we're living today. Well, thank you for all that you do for us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Good to see you. No services tonight. No services Wednesday. So make sure that um, uh, you're here the following Sunday. We'll have services. Uh, 10 o'clock, and then we'll have our evening services. So, God bless you.